If you have your Bibles, open to the book of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I've been preaching about mindset, getting the right mindset this year. And um, I want to go to Mark, Mark chapter 5. It's one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And in it, there's a bunch of healing miracles that Jesus does. And uh, I don't know if any of you are watching The Chosen. I'd never watched it, but the other night I saw the first episode, and I thought, okay, I'm tra- trying to track where these guys are going. But uh, it hit me like a, like a freight train at the end of that episode. And I was like, oh, wow. So, you know, this has opened up the conversation about Jesus to the millennials like few other things have in America. So it's, it's awesome. Amen? Amen? Just read your Bible with it. Because they're using a lot of fictitious or probable uh, stories that aren't in the Bible. But it's, I'm okay with it. It brings us to the Bible. Amen? I hope you're reading your Bible. Amen. You can, in our church, you can read your Bible. You can, there's, you know, if you're like me, you've got several of them on the shelf. You can just, just pick one up and start reading it. If not, download the free YouTube version app and download one of their audio Bibles. I was ironing clothes this morning. That's what I do. Done it for years. And uh, listening to the audio Bible, and it was dramatized. And I was like, sweet. It means there's different characters speaking and all that. So you can, you know, and all you need is a smartphone. If you have a dumb phone, I don't know if I can help you. <laughs> you, can, you can find it somewhere, okay? Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, and let's begin reading in verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, this is the Sea of Galilee or the lake, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So the first thing I want you to see here, I want to talk about fear. And we want to get the fear out and get the mindset of faith this year to walk in, okay? Because fear stops us from doing so much, can stop us. Fear can stop, can impede your progress. Fear can come in and wreck your house. It can wreck your mind and it can, you know, some people live in fear and there are normal fears, you know, don't walk out on the highway in speeding traffic. There are normal things God has placed in us. And then there's a fear of God in the Scripture, which really is a reverence of the Lord in Scripture. But other fears, I, I looked at a University of Michigan study done years ago on fear. And it was interesting that they determined that a lot of fears were about things in the future that we have no control over. Or a lot of fear was dealing with things in the past that we had no control over. And by the time they evaluated fear, they came out with only a very small percentage of fears that were even legitimate. And we know as believers, we cast all of our care on him. And that can be translated, we cast all of our anxiety on him. We cast all of our anxiety on the Lord because the Lord cares for us. Okay? So when we fear and when we get, when we get, you can get in a rut of fear and it really opens a door. It opens a door for all kinds of other stuff just to come in and torment you 
And like me, many of you have probably spent some sleepless nights worrying over things that turned out to not be that big of a deal. Or it turned out to be something the Lord took care of anyhow. Or how many times have I seen somebody all amped up and worried about something they thought someone thought about them that maybe how they felt about them and turned out that wasn't the case at all. So we can open the door through fear to all kinds of attachments and all kinds of strongholds that can come in. And, and we don't want that. We want it clear. We want cl clean. We want free. We want the right mindset to walk into this year. So what's the antidote? The antidote is faith. The antidote is to walk in faith and not in fear. Can somebody shout amen? amen? So what happens? Jesus comes across the Sea of Galilee, steps off on the other side, ruler of the synagogue, comes up to him and says, my daughter is lying at home at the point of death. Could you come heal her? Jesus starts walking to go heal the synagogue ruler's daughter named Jairus. So they start walking and they get fouled up in a bunch of people thronging Jesus as he's going along because they all want to touch him and they all want a miracle. But the first thing I want to look at is, is faith and how faith works here. I see three, th three ways faith works. First of all, Jairus came and he made the big request. He, he made the big ask. You know, like sales training. You want to build a relationship and then, then you want to make the big ask at some point. Will you, do, will you buy this product? So Jairus came and immediately made the big ask. And that was, will you come heal my daughter? She's right at the point of death. So faith believes in the best. And faith strives for the best. And faith believes in what I've talked about here a lot, those 100% requests. He didn't say, Lord, 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 could you come by and could you say a prayer with her before she dies? Or could you come and sing a couple gospel songs so she would feel better? He didn't say. He went 100%. Could you come and heal her? And Jesus starts walking. So when we come to the Lord in faith, go ahead and make the big ask. Go ahead and make the 100% request. I think of another story, the story of a Gentile, non-Jewish woman who came to Jesus. The Bible calls her a Syrophoenician woman. She comes to Jesus when he was basically retreating and trying to take a break and rest from all the work he'd been doing. He went up to Tyre and Sidon, which is modern-day Lebanon, and he goes up there and he's trying to get away. And this woman comes and says, Lord, my, my daughter is is, uh, I'm thinking King James, she's vexed with the devil. She's possessed by demons. Could you, could you heal her? And Jesus, I think, challenges her faith and says, now listen, I've come from the, for the lost house of Israel, and you know, basically you are a Gentile, and uh, this is the children's bread. It's not to be given to dogs. And she responds and says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs sneak up under the table and get the crumbs. And Jesus was impressed with her, faith, her great faith. And he says, go. And the daughter was completely delivered. So much in this. Number one, the children's bread is deliverance. The children's bread is healing. Yes. 
It belongs to us as the children in the kingdom. Number two, this woman was persistent. She was so persistent, she stepped into a time, maybe before her time. There was coming a time when the gospel would go to the Gentiles, Acts chapter 10. That was the time, Acts chapter 10. 10 and beyond, the gospel goes to the Gentiles and Jesus died for everyone, Gentile and Jew alike, but we didn't see the release of it until Acts chapter 10. But she stepped into that moment before time. About three of y'all are getting that. She stepped, faith caused her to step into another dimension and believing for something that would come later. Oh, hallelujah. And she received a miracle. She was persistent. She was persistent. She wouldn't give up. That's how faith is. Faith is persistent and makes the big ask. Many of you were in our tent meeting this past summer when evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth came. And on one night, maybe you were there, I was on the platform with Brother Ted maybe, maybe 10 feet away. And he gave an altar call for salvation and he had already prayed for a lot of people. We were basically coming to the close of that meeting. But yet there was a grandmother in the front who wouldn't shut up. She kept yelling at Brother Ted and yelling. Finally he stopped and is like, what do you need? And she had a grandson. And they'd driven all the way from out in um, Smithfield, Virginia or somewhere out that, Franklin, Virginia, somewhere out that way. And she, she, she had driven for hours and she came here and she said, my, you know, my grandson, he'd had some kind of accident and he can't see. He hasn't been able to see in 10 years. And he's up on the platform and I'm looking at him and his eyes are like, they're like this. You could tell something was seriously wrong. And Brother Ted prays for him and boom, I watched it immediately. The boy's eyes stopped twitching. And he opened his eyes and he looked around and he could see. It's one of the coolest miracles I've ever seen. Happened right out there in the yard. It was amazing what God did that night. So we ended the service, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. Uh, he was hugging his grandmama crying, and we were all shouting and praising the Lord on our way out. Why did that miracle happen? Well, God's a miracle worker, number one. Number two, that boy had a praying grandmother who wouldn't shut up or be quiet or, or stop until her grandson, she came all the way for a 100% miracle. It wasn't like maybe we'll go, maybe we'll get a seat, and maybe something good will happen. No, I believe she came. No, we're going to get you before the man of God, and we're going to see. you got to have that kind of determination. You have to have that kind of determination. you got to get it in your spirit that I'm going to ask God for the big things. You know, Paul prayed in Ephesians and he said, I pray that you would know the love of Christ. I pray that you would know the height and the depth and the width of His love, which passes all understanding. And I would pray that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. And when you think about that, all the fullness, how can we be filled with all the fullness of God? It's an impossibility. Paul is praying such an audacious prayer but then the next verse said, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. To him be glory. Hallelujah. He is the one who is able to do beyond what we can even conceptualize. He's the one that can come and make the 100% prayers happen. Can somebody shout amen? 
He can make it happen. He can do more than we can think. God's out there in front of us. Hallelujah. Opening up things for us that we're... Somebody say all that stuff. 100%. So, so if I'm going to pray for you, I want to pray 100%. I don't want to pray, uh, Lord, bless my, bless my friend and God help him out. Help him tomorrow. No, I want to pray, God set him free 110%. Come on, let, let that be gone. Let, boom, bondage gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. One hundred, come on, shout it out with me. 100% praying. Jairus came and he wanted his daughter healed and Jesus is going. It's his blessed day. I won't say lucky day. It's his blessed day. They're going to get healed. And then guess what happens next? A woman with an issue of blood or a flow of blood, the Bible says, New King James, for 12 years. She had suffered many things from many physicians. She'd spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind in the crowd and she touched his garment. This woman was unclean. She had a bleeding condition. She shouldn't have been around people, especially a rabbi. But you know what? She didn't care. She saw her opportunity and her miracle coming down. Wasn't it Karen Wheaton? My miracle's walking down a dusty road. She saw her miracle coming down a dusty road that day and she wasn't going to be silent. She wasn't going to be still. She wasn't going to miss out on this opportunity. She was going to get into action. Come on, say it with me. Faith believes 100%. Next, faith acts. Faith doesn't sit still. Faith gets in motion. Faith starts acting. I've noticed a lot of the greatest men and women of God I've been around in my life have not been afraid to act once God speaks. All they need is a word from God, then it's a done deal. Once God speaks, that's what we're doing. Boom, and they'll move heaven and earth to make sure they do what God has spoken. That's, what, that's I think, where we fail sometimes. We read the Bible, we see it, we understand it, we have a mental assent to it, and then we do nothing with it. We don't put it to the test or put it to work. We don't do anything with it. I'm telling you, some of you need all your family saved in 2023. Some of you need a miracle. You need a financial breakthrough in 2023. Some of y'all need a better job in 2023. Let's start. Let's go into 2023 with a 100% prayer and let's put it into action. Prove me in this, says the Lord, when he's talking about tithing in Malachi. Prove me. If I won't see, if you bring your tithes into the storehouse, if I won't open the windows of heaven, you act, I'm going to get into motion. Dr. William Moore, who I was friends with years ago, he always said that. He said, when we get into motion, God gets into motion. It's hard for God. God will not drive a parked car. you got to put it in gear, and you got to mash the gas pedal, and then God starts moving. You get in motion, God gets in motion. You say, I don't know how to witness to my friend, but I want to. Well, you know what you have to do? You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to write a bunch of stuff down. You don't have to take a class in apologetics. You don't have to have a master's degree in evangelism. All you have to do is open your mouth and start talking. And when you start talking, all that's in there, God's going to stir up and bring out. Hallelujah. All that Bible training you had, all those years studying the Word, all the praying, all the power of the Holy Ghost will come out and God will give you something to say. Come on, say it with me. Faith acts. And if you study the healing miracles of Jesus, there are very few times He prays. Now, Jesus had an amazing prayer life. 
He spent mornings in prayer. Sometimes late at night he's in prayer. He goes on the mountain alone to pray. He goes to the garden alone to pray. He gets away and retreats. And he, he's walking in an intimate, deep relationship with the Father. So he has a prayer life. Before he chose his disciples, he went and spent all night in prayer. And then he chose his disciples. So he had a deep prayer life. But when it came to doing miracles, the majority of times he just commanded the miracle to happen. Or he commanded them to do something. Take up your bed and walk. Stretch forth your hands. Open your eyes. Lazarus, come forth. He commanded out of the overflow of the relationship he was in. Our issue sometimes I think is we come up to pray for someone and we were like, um, they need a miracle. And we're like, oh Lord, give me a couple hours. I need to go pray. Why? Because we haven't been praying. Because we've been not living in that overflow. But when you've got a prayer life and when you're walking with the Lord and when your faith is high, then it should just come out as an overflow. And you can just start speaking. You know Dr. Elias Malky, who was a real mentor to me. Y'all remember, some of you remember him. And he would come here and minister for us. And, and he, he told me, he said, Brother Hans, it's getting, it's getting unbelievable. He said, the older I get, I'm just commanding healing to happen. And I'm not even praying for people. I'm just commanding it to happen. And God's doing crazy stuff all over the world. Just getting to the point of just command. Have I landed from Mars? Or are y'all tracking with me this morning? Are Are you with me? So come on, say it with me. Faith acts. I was preaching revival one time in uh, Waynesville, North Carolina in a tent meeting. And, and I was very young in ministry. But one night, it was the power of God was in the service. The whole time I preached, the folks stood the whole time. It was that kind of meeting. Then at the end, I called a prayer line. And a lady came forward to be healed in her back. And she told me her condition. And I felt the Lord say, just tell her to move. And you know... Sometimes we have this conversation with the Lord. He tells us to do something. What if that doesn't work? What if she really hurts her back? But I put it aside and I said, move your back with authority. And she started moving her back and she was completely healed. Completely healed. I went back later to a church in Canton, North Carolina, and preached later, and she came up and said, Brother Hans, I'm the one you prayed for, and I'm still healed. Hallelujah. Because when God does something, He does it right. Amen. But I, I thought, what would have happened had I not told her and commanded her to put her faith into action? That's why when you're prayed for, go ahead and put that thing into action. Go ahead and try it out. Go ahead and work it. And you say, what if it doesn't feel better? You keep working it. You keep working it. Better, 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 hallelujah, better. I claim the word, I receive the promise. Now the manifestation is going to come. Better, better, better. Come on, say it with me. Better, better, better. Look at your neighbor and I give you permission to point at him to say better, better, better. Faith acts. Faith gets into motion. Faith does something. Faith doesn't sit still. Faith believes and keeps on believing. Faith, faith, faith goes for it. Faith goes for the 100%. Hallelujah. Because something happens. Right, let, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. What happens? She comes up and says, if I could only touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. 
And she felt in her body that she was healed. And, and, and Jesus immediately, knowing himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around and said, who touched my cloak? The disciples are like, Lord, what do you mean? Everyone's thronging you. And he said, no, 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 no. And he looked around and the woman was afraid now. And knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He knew that somebody had touched him with that 100% faith. That I'm coming. And she shouldn't have been around people in public. But you know what? She didn't care. She's going to fight through anyhow. Hallelujah. It's where you got to be. Get determined that tonight's my, today's my day. Today, I looked at somebody last Sunday and I said, today is your day. When they came to the altar and she started walking back and forth with some of y'all and she looked at me and she said, the Lord told me when I came to church, today was my day. Come on, today is my day. I've known some people get baptized in the Holy Spirit that way. They thought they said, I'm going to church tonight and I'm not leaving till I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. Tonight's my night. I was in a prayer meeting uh, at my house in Washington, D.C. and I was taking prayer requests. We were in a small group. Everyone was sitting around in a circle and one lady spoke and she said, I'm having a problem with my prayer life. It seems like I'm trying to pray and it's like my prayers go no further than the ceiling. And we had a, a, a Mexican lady in our group who was just full of faith and power. And she spoke up and she said, Tonight the Lord's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I thought, okay. I said, well, let's pray. And we went over and laid hands on her. And as soon as we laid hands on her, she started speaking in tongues and received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It broke out. A, a former Catholic came up and said, I want to be baptized in the Spirit. We laid hands on him, and he started speaking in tongues and baptized. Right in the small group. The coolest thing was, we came together the next week, and the lady testified. She said, my prayers have been amazing. It's like the roof is lifted off my prayer life because she was baptized in the Spirit. Come on. Sometimes you just got to act and get determined that today is your day. Now is your now. This year is your year. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. So what happens then? Think about poor Jairus. It's good that the woman got healed, but this ruler of the synagogue, his daughter, it, it, this is a time-critical matter, his daughter is dying. So notice the next verse, verse 35. While they were still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's home and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master anymore? Your daughter is dead. It's over. It's the worst news. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother him anymore. Right there, a lot of people's faith would have left. Because now we're into the realm of impossibility totally. But what happens in the next verse? Jesus says to the ruler of the synagogue, Don't be afraid. Only believe. I want you to look at your neighbor. And I want you to say, don't be afraid. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. If you get nothing else today, get that. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. 
So Jesus turns around and he says, I'll take Peter, James, and John. You boys, come on. They walk down to the, to the synagogue ruler's home. And when they get there, everyone's mourning and crying. Some scholars believe this was, these were professional mourners. That, you know, when someone died in the ancient world, you had to cry a lot. So they brought professional people in and paid them to cry for you. So maybe these were the professional mourners. They're all coming together and they're making such a noise. And Jesus walks up and he says these words. The girl's not dead. She's only sleeping. He says, the girl's not dead. She's only sleeping. And the Bible says they ridiculed him. They ridiculed the Lord because he came. Now what was he telling the truth? Was he lying? I thought a lot about this. Did, did they really not have a medical diagnosis? She really hadn't died yet? I don't think that's what was going I think the girl was dead. But Jesus came and he didn't speak what he saw in the natural. He was speaking what he was seeing in the supernatural. Because faith not only acts, and faith not only asks for the big thing, faith speaks. At some point, faith has to be spoken out of your mouth. And he came and he didn't just say, well, uh, you know what, we'll give it a shot. I know she's dead and hope is gone. We'll come and do last rites over. <laughs> no way. He said, you know what, don't worry, she's only sleeping. And then the Bible says he drove everyone out of the house. Get all the criers out of the house. Get all the unbelievers out of the house. Get all the mourners out of the house. Get all those not in agreement with you out of the house. And he walks in with Peter, James, and John and the mother and father of this young girl and he kneels down and he says, Talitha kumi, little girl, I say unto you, arise. The Bible says she raises up and she stands up and they go fix her some dinner. Because he spoke into an impossible situation the word of the Lord. Now here's my deal. I know I'm going to stretch some of y'all, but let's get stretched. Faith sees what we can't see in the natural. Faith sees the end result. Faith gets into another dimension to where it starts seeing things. This is true in business. It's true in education. It's true in religious matters. It's true in life. Uh, uh, faith sees the outcome. Faith starts believing for the best. And then you start speaking and declaring and connecting the Word of God to that faith outcome that appears in your spirit. If you don't have it, pray till you get it. Pray till God get, drops it in your spirit. Maybe you have a situation, spend some time in prayer over it and say, God, I need your word on this. I need your word on this. I, what was it that Jane Hammond, they had, a, they had their, their, one of their kids was in a dire situation and she started praying and the Lord told her to declare. But, but there, was a, there was a phrase she used. But, but anyhow, this is a prophetic lady that uh, Dana knows really well, that her daughter was in a bad situation. And the, she just said, I'm going to prayer. And she went to prayer and started praying and started praying. And then the Lord spoke to her a word, and she started declaring that word, and God did a miracle for the, for the child. It doesn't mean that you won't be attacked in life. But when you start spending some time before the Lord, He can drop down in you the exact response you need that speaks out of faith. 
Just start declaring it. Start declaring it in the name of Jesus. Someone called me the other day with a negative doctor's report. And they told me, they said, this is what the doctors have said. I said, okay, doctors are great. We love them and thank God many great anointed spirit-filled doctors. But I don't receive that report. I know it's what it is. It's what it says. I'm not receiving it. I've got another report I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you another report. It's going to trump that report, and I'm going to stand on this report, okay? And that is, by his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, this thing's coming out all right. We're not going to entertain it. We're not going to take it in, because once I take it in, then fear gets amped up. And then that fear train comes, and he starts blowing and whistling and smoking, and he's going to come, and he's going to wreck your peace and wreck your security and wreck everything about you when you let that fear in. Stop it at the door. No. Not today, devil. You're not coming in here and wrecking my peace. I'll stand for Jesus and let the world go by. I'll stand on the word of God and choose his word over anybody else's word. Some people get all, get all upset when you talk about positive confession. And I know there's been abuses of it. And there's been different strains of it. But here's my thing. The Bible says that we can say the same things that God has said over our lives. The word for confession in the New Testament is a Greek word, homologeo, to say the same things. So I believe I can say the same things that God has said over me. I can say those things over my life as well. His word says, I am the Lord that heals you. His word said, by my stripes you are healed. His word said, I sent my word and healed them. His word said, I am born again. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. His word says, I've been sanctified by the Spirit and now I'm called a saint. I'm called up and I'm part of the church of the chosen, the church of the firstborn. His word says, I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, signs following. His word Word says that I'm blessed going in and coming out, that I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. His word says I shall be a lender, not a borrower. His word says that I can take authority in the spirit realm. His word says Satan is under my feet and all the principalities have been stripped of their authority. His word said I have been given authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm me. His word says, if I tuck myself up under the shadow of the El Shaddai, that he's going to take care of me. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. I shall live a long life, a satisfied life, that God's going to give his angels charge over me, that I'm going to be blessed, that I'm going to be back in the secret place in the the Lord when everything is rocking and reeling in the world. I'm going to walk with peace in my heart. The Bible says that I have a peace that man didn't I have a peace that came from the other side. Come on, somebody. Why don't you begin declaring what the Lord has spoken over your life? Come on, give him a shout in here this morning. Come on, give him a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, We've gotten so serious over this thing. You can just rebuke a negative, a negative declaration over your life when it comes. I know this sounds like I've landed from Mars, but y'all just hang on. Somebody comes and says, well, Lord, you know your daddy had that. You're probably going to die of it too. Just stop and say, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't receive that. I don't want that over my life, what you just spoke. Love you. 
be blessed. I'm not receiving that over my life. Not, not taking that. I have a friend who went to church of all places and someone prophesied to him, you're going to be broke for the rest of your life. He's a very successful business guy. Turned out to be very successful. He said, I went to a Chinese restaurant after that. Got a fortune cookie. That was one of those lucky ones, one in a million. I'm not recommending this. Don't go do this. He said, I had it laminated and put it in my billfold. I got a better word at the Chinese restaurant than I did in church. Hallelujah. Don't receive it. Don't t- cast it down. Cast it down. Cast it down. Cast it down. Hallelujah. People come and telling you you can't do what God's placed in your heart to do. You know, you're supposed to be under authority and under leadership and all that. We get that. But nonetheless, if God's put something in your heart, then don't take anything less than to do what God has placed in your heart. Do all that is in your heart to do for Him. Can somebody shout amen? This girl rose from the dead and Jesus walked in speaking it as soon as He came in. Because he's seeing on a different level than everyone else was seeing. The person of faith that comes in. The great men and women of God that I've known that I've worked with have always had an ability to see and act on what they see. Dr. Malk is on my mind for some reason. God bless him. But he had a vision God saved him as a teenage boy and baptized him in the Holy Ghost. He told me, he said, Brother Hans, by the age of 17, I had preached on foot to 1,000 villages in Lebanon. Then God sent him to America, to uh, Life Bible College in in Los Angeles, and he went there, and uh, then he went back to Lebanon as a a missionary, and he wouldn't take no for an answer, and spent 20-plus years as a missionary in Lebanon. Finally, he had to send his family away because they were going through war, civil war. And he had to escape out of the country. We have his book in our bookstore. You need to get it, Ambassador of a Higher Power. It's his whole story. And he had to escape out of the country, and God gave him supernatural ways he got out. And then when he got out, he wouldn't stop. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to preach something. I'm going to go on radio. So So he went to the island of Cyprus, and he started preaching on radio. And God opened something up to him. He said, God started giving me names and sicknesses while I was on the radio. And I would say, you know, Abdullah, (laughs) you have a condition in your throat. God's healed you. Receive it by faith. That would be taped and pre-recorded and played sometime later. Then Abdullah would hear it, get healed, and write Dr. Malki a letter. God isn't bound to time when he moves in the gifts. And then he said, well, now we're going to go on TV. Pat Robertson got a hold of him. They started the Middle Eastern television station. He started basically 700 Club in Arabic. And he told me in one year he had a million Muslims in Egypt respond to the gospel. Because he could see it. He could see it. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. Don't be defeated. You're a winner. Come on, you're a conqueror. Walk into the situation and start declaring what God says over this. Here's what God says. That's what, that's what we want to hear. Sympathy's okay, but I want you to come and speak the word of the Lord into my life. Come and tell me what God can do here. I need God in this thing. Come on, can somebody shout amen? On faith believes for 100%, and then faith acts, and acting is often a risk, and then faith starts speaking. Faith starts speaking. Faith starts declaring. One more thing and we're going to pray. 
You know, the Bible says in Romans 4, 17 that Abraham, God called Abraham by faith and then God declared the end from the beginning and called those things that were not as though they were. Because that's what happens in faith. When we get into the realm of faith, we can start declaring what we see in faith vision and it's things, God shows us the picture out here and we can start praying into that and declaring it. So there was a, there's a, a South Korean guy named Paul Yong Yi Cho. He planted a church years ago and it went to 800,000. It was the largest church in the world at the time. I don't know. But anyhow, he said he began praying for things and he said he had, I'll just tell you this one story. You just think about it. He said, I was living, I was so poor. I was living in a one-bedroom apartment, and I did everything in one room, eat, sleep, everything in one room, study. And he said, Lord, I pray, I would like to have a desk, Lord, that I could study your word. I'd like to have a bed that I could go to bed at night, and I'd like to have a bicycle that I could ride and preach the gospel because right now I'm just walking. And so he prayed, and he kept praying. And then he's, he was a funny guy. He said, Lord, why have you not answered my prayers? You've done nothing. You haven't given me a bicycle. You haven't given me a desk. And I have no bed. And he said the Lord spoke to him and said, there's a lot of beds out there. There's a lot of bicycles out there. There's a lot of desks out there. Why don't you have faith and tell me what kind of bed you want? What kind of desk you want? Why don't you describe it to me? What kind of bicycle? He said, oh, Lord. So he wrote all those down, and God gave him every one of them. He said, I want a desk made with wood from the Philippines. I want a bicycle from the United States. I want, and he described all these things, and God gave him every one of those. And then he said the Lord challenged him all through his life like that in prayer. And it all came to these challenges. Are, are you going to believe me? Are you? <laughs> Saul wouldn't confront his enemy at Agag. And God took the anointing from him. But he remained king and still got a paycheck. The priests of the Lord put the tabernacle on a certain mountain, but the Ark of the Covenant left. David took the Ark of the Covenant eventually into Jerusalem, but the tabernacle with a priestly ritual was still going on. It means they were still having church with no presence. So you can have a ministry and a paycheck and no anointing. You can have a religious service with no presence. You can be living a Christian life and have zero faith and not, not walking in what you need to be walking in. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that 25% Christian. Boy, I made it today. Woo, it's been a rough week. I haven't prayed since last Sunday. Help me, Pastor. Then we get in here like... Trying to pump up a flat tire. No, come on. You need to come in here like, woo. I've already led three or four people to the Lord. I cast some demons out the other night at Hardy's. Hallelujah. I walked in Walmart, led somebody to Jesus. I've been listening to faith teaching all week. Pastor, you preach that word. Hallelujah. Then you start shouting me down because you're so on fire and music starts. You know that way. This ain't my favorite song. 
You don't care. You came to worship Jesus, not the lyrics of a song. You've been on fire. Don't Let's get out in that faith realm. Come on. Let's get out in that 100% thing. Hallelujah. God wants to do some stuff through you. He wants to blow that fear out of your life so you're not crippled and you can operate in the level that he wants you to walk in. Come on, declare it right now. Fear, you got to go. God, expand my faith this year in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise and give him a shout. Come on, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Give him a praise. You're going to make it. Your story's going to set a lot of people free, my brother. Come on, you're going to do it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, you got greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You got good things in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody give it. Come on, stand on your feet and give him some praise in here this morning. Put your hands together and just give him some praise. If you walk into a place to lay tile, I guarantee you, you don't walk in and say, boy, I don't know what this is going to turn out like. I'm just going to piece some random tiles together and I hope it works, people. No, you go in with a vision. I know what this, I'm going to put this color here and I'm going to do this kind of design here. This is what I think it's going to look like. Then you finish that and you step back and you say, ain't bad, is it? There's some builders in our congregation. You don't just go out and say, well, I'm going to throw some boards together. I hope it turns out to to be decent looking when we're finished. No, you start with a plan. And you get a vision. And then you start seeing it. Some people do colored renderings and 3D computer renderings because we want to see the end product before we lay the first footer. How about your faith being like that? Don't just go to prayer. Well, God, I don't know what to pray today, but whatever you want to do, Lord, is good with me. No, how about going with some stuff? God, I'm praying right now for Joe. He needs a miracle. God, I'm going to stand right now on the scripture. I'm going to pray for my friend. God, I'm going to cast my care on you today, Lord. I'm going to see the picture of where we're going. Drop it in my spirit, what I'm supposed to be saying and declaring. And then once you've heard from God, consult no more with the arm of flesh. Go forward and believe what God has spoken is going to happen and never take no for an answer. Come on, can somebody say amen? Well, lift your hand with me right now. Father, I give you praise for everyone. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word today, God. Thank you, Lord, that fear goes right now in Jesus' name. We set faith in our heart to believe. We set faith in our heart to believe right now. We build on the foundations of faith in our life. And we give you praise for it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, He is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin, and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. 
Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.